never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final episode of the Seven Deadly Sins series. This has been such a cool series to go through. I feel like it has really challenged me and kind of woken me up a little bit in my faith. There's a book called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. If you have not read it already, I'm telling you, it is genuinely one of the best books I've ever read, especially when it comes to challenging you to live up to the call of the gospel, to not live a lukewarm faith, to take your sin seriously and to take the love of others seriously and just so, so impactful. So if you haven't already read Crazy Love by Francis Chan, I highly recommend it. And I would maybe one day love to go through that book actually with y'all, but it has been a really neat series. I hope that you've had a chance to listen to all of them, even if, especially if you don't think that you struggle with certain sins, I would just challenge you because I think that there are areas that these things impact us that we may not even realize whether it's greed and materialism or envy and jealousy. And sometimes we're not really willing to do the work to self-evaluate. And I'm hoping that these episodes help you to do that evaluation and to compare yourself to Jesus rather than to other people. So today we are going to talk about pride. And I do feel that pride is, it kind of seeps into all of the other sins, but it is one where I truly believe it is the worst of the seven deadly sins because it is the root of all sins and all rebellion against God. And it is something that causes us to exalt ourselves above God and others. And that can lead to arrogance, to disobedience, to selfishness. And primarily it causes us to think that we really don't need God. We've got it all together. We have it handled or we don't need other people because we're better on our own and that we're capable of accomplishing everything by ourselves. And when we get to that place, we really lose our need and desperation for Jesus because we think that the world is handing us everything that we need. And yet we're growing further and further and further away from eternal purpose and what actually matters. But before I do that, I want to share that next Monday, I am going to be launching a three-day sale. It is 50% off of 
all coaching. So most of you know or have followed my story that I was able to allow Jesse to stay home for two years without working. He has decided to go back into real estate because he's getting antsy (laughs) as a stay-at-home dad. But because of online courses and being a content creator, I've been able to make a full-time income working a day or two a week, which is just progressively getting less and less because I've been able to automate all of the content that I create and schedule it out. And I just started by posting on Instagram. That's how I started all of this. And now I'm so thankful to have over 400,000 followers among all platforms, over 2 million page views per year on my blog, over 2 million podcast downloads. I've just been able to build not only an amazing community of people whom I love with all my heart and soul, but also to make a living and provide for my family doing so by genuinely just creating content and writing about the things that I love. So I do have a full online course called Permanently Profitable that teaches you exactly how to do what I've done step by step from Pinterest and blogging to social media, TikTok, Reels, and exactly how to do it as well as how to create your own online course. So that link is in my show notes as well. But if you want more one-on-one time with me, I am offering my coaching at 50% off three days only. Only. The link will be in my show notes. I'm going to offer it early to you guys starting today. So if you are interested, it'll be there for you and you just click the link. It'll tell you how to submit payment and then you will schedule it and we will have a one-on-one face-to-face Zoom call. So whether that's wanting help with podcasting or podcast promo or social media help and getting your account to grow, how to make money from your business or create resources, how to create your own online course, how to travel for free or have companies pay you to travel, all of those things I can sit with you. Or if you just have a bunch of questions about your business and want me to analyze your business, look over your social media, I am there at your disposal to do whatever you need to do. So the link is in the show notes because you're my podcast listeners. You guys get access early, so don't miss it. Click and schedule, and I cannot wait to chat with you. Spots are limited, so make sure to do it as quickly as possible because I do only have so much time to sit face-to-face and talk with people. But with all of that said, so excited to help you guys, so excited to chat. And now let's talk a little bit more about pride. So the Bible repeatedly warns us against the sin of pride. It's actually very interesting to me, you guys, because our world is very focused on sins like drunkenness and sleeping together before marriage and homosexuality and really big topics. But they seem to dismiss the things like selfishness and pride that God says he hates and that go against everything that Jesus is. And as we see this, as we see the church kind of falling into this place of pride and wanting to be seen as the best of the best, these preachers, you know, not to condemn anybody, but preachers who are not teaching the gospel, but teaching their own version of truth and dressing in a certain way and wanting to be like a celebrity pastor, we see that there are these devastating consequences that come from that, whether that is an affair or a fall from grace of some capacity or money laundering or stealing because their focus has shifted from a reliance upon Jesus to wanting to be the best of the best in whatever capacity. And I am, I mean, obviously, the first to say, build a living for yourself. The Proverbs 31 woman, she built a living. She was an investor. She was a businesswoman. She loved her family. 
but the focus, the foundation has to remain on Jesus. And Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We always tell Sutton and Saxon this, Jesse and I, when they start to get cocky or a little arrogant, we say, be careful. Pride always comes before a fall. So you don't want to think of yourself as better than others or as untouchable because God is quick to humble us. He gives and he takes away. And not that he doesn't want us to thrive and to live a beautiful life for his glory, but he does want us to do it for his glory and not for ourselves. And so this sin of pride leads to destruction because it separates us from God and other people, and it causes us to pursue our own desires above everything else. So I want to share a few other verses that reference pride. First is James 4, 6 but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And have you seen this lived out in your own life, you guys, where you see someone who is arrogant, they are flaunting, they are loud, they are prideful, they're just somebody that makes you kind of feel like you want to go take a shower (laughs) after being around them. Their fall from grace is a far fall because they have boasted in themselves so much that when they do make a mistake, it is known around the world or around their community. It is discussed heavily. Rather than a humble person who falls from grace, what is the response of that? It's typically one of compassion and brokenness and a desire to help rather than one of Almost like a sense of, well, they deserved that because they thought that they had it all together and that they were better than everybody. So not only do we see it in worldly terms, but we also see that that is not who God has created us to be. Number two, Proverbs 8, 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Number three, Psalm 10, 4. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. This one is so powerful to me because we see the correlation between pride and being wicked. And we would normally not say that, especially in our world that is all about self-esteem and self-confidence and self-help and self-self-self, where we don't correlate a proud person with a wicked person, but when we see the depths of their heart and we see what their motives are, it is always self. And they only want to care about themselves. They don't care about helping others, serving others, loving others. They care about growing their own name, making much of themselves, not honoring God. And so in this Psalm, God is saying pride equals wickedness. And in his thoughts, he's so consumed with making much of himself or herself that they are no longer pursuing Jesus. And so if you're struggling and you're finding your faith feeling disconnected or broken or just not what it used to be, I would challenge you to ask God if there's any pride in your life or in your heart that is is pulling you away from him. Number four, Isaiah 2.12, the Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted will be humbled. And then lastly, 1 Peter 5.5, 5, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. This is something we do not see a lot of in our society is respect for elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So why does God hate pride? Why is scripture so intentional about encouraging us to refrain from having a prideful heart? Because it is the very opposite of God's nature. 
God's nature is characterized by humility, by love, selflessness, but pride leads us to again exalt ourselves above God and to pursue our own selfish interests. And so this goes against God's command to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind, not ourselves. The world will preach this to you, you guys. And I hope that if you hear anything that you hear this from me, that the more you focus inward, the more you look in the mirror, the more you focus on the more you look in the mirror, the more obsessed you become with self-love, self-care, the more lonely you're going to be. Without a doubt, without question, we were created, designed to love other people, to be in community, and to not be focused on ourselves. You find that when you isolate in your bedroom or away from people, and you may feel good for a little while, but then there's that longing for love and for connection and for empathy and understanding because that is how you were created. And you have to give that a lot of the time in our world in order to receive that. And it's because that's how God has created you for community and other-centered love versus self-obsession, self-consumption, self-love. And pride often blinds us to our own faults and shortcomings because let's be honest, we don't often see the issues that we have within ourselves unless we're feeling convicted or challenged. We are far more likely to find the issues that we see in that person next to us or that friend or that family member. And with this, because of this, it prevents us from acknowledging our need for God's grace and his forgiveness. Because if we think we've got all our stuff together, there's no need to ask God for forgiveness. There's no need for repentance. There's no need for growth. And then we remain stagnant and lukewarm. So we're going against God's command to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So how does pride seep its way into our lives and how do we know if we are prideful? One of the things that I often see is that pride can cause me to criticize others or to be less understanding or compassionate toward others. And I don't know why exactly that is, but I think that it's because we elevate ourselves. And then when we see someone who's stuck, we expect them to be in the same category as we are in that season. But it is so selfish and insensitive and unloving because we all walk through different seasons of life. I've had moments of depression, as I talked about in my last episode, where I look like a lazy bum. And that's not my character or who I am or even who God created me to be, but I am struggling. And the last thing I need is criticism or judgment. I need love and compassion. And our commandment to love our neighbors is to love them even in the rough seasons and the sickness and in health, you know, that we see in marriage, but also in friendship. And there was just nothing that God has given us that makes us better than someone else. We all live differently. We're all gifted differently. We all have different seasons and we all have different experiences and opportunities. So if we are judgmental or critical or quick to point out someone's flaws or weaknesses, it really is a moment to say, what's wrong with my heart that I feel the need to constantly belittle or find fault in other people? Next, let's talk about how a prideful heart can ruin friendships and family relationships. So first is a judgmental attitude like we just talked about. We become intolerant of other people's opinions, unwilling to kind of be flexible or bend to the things that others are doing or are living. And you know what? One of the things I wrote this on my Instagram at Living Easy with Lindsay 
where I shared some of the best lessons that I learned as a 30-year-old. And one of them is to let other people row their own boat. I could not tell you the amount of times my husband and I tried helping or fixing people or couples in some capacity only to realize that people are going to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And yes, boundaries are necessary. However, one of the best things that we can do is let people learn from their own mistakes and row their own boat rather than trying to make them like us or to do things similarly to the way that we do them. We're always willing to counsel and love people, but there's got to be a point where you let go of that umbilical cord and say, do your thing. And we love you no matter what. Number two is selfishness. Prideful people often prioritize their own needs above those of others, which again goes against loving our neighbor as Jesus has called us to because we are kind of regularly expecting our friends to accommodate us, to put their needs above ours, but then we're unwilling to put our needs above theirs because we feel that we need to be respected. We feel we need to be valued. But if we're prideful, we're not willing to give that over to our friends. Next is an unwillingness to apologize. This goes into marriage as well. Guys, we've got to apologize. We have to be the first to say sorry. We are called to live above reproach as a Christian, and God has forgiven us for so much in our own lives that we have to reflect that in other relationships and with the people surrounding us. So while somebody else may still be wrong, you can always apologize for what you've done without any buts or excuses or justification, but to say, I was wrong. This is not who God has called me to be, and I ask that you forgive me. Without expectation of them saying it back, you just ask for forgiveness and be willing to apologize. But when we are unwilling to apologize in any friendship, in any relationships, no matter how small the issue may be, It quickly builds resentment and tension that nobody wants in a friendship and can damage something that with a very small apology could have been completely avoided or resolved. So let us be quick to say we're sorry. Let us be slow to anger, quick to listen, and seek to resolve any issues in our lives and live peaceably with all so far as it depends on us, as Roman says. Lastly, there's a lack of empathy. So prideful people often struggle to empathize with others and understand their feelings because they're self-absorbed, they're only focused on themselves, and this makes it really hard, you guys, to connect with our friends, our family on a deeper level because we don't take the time to consider the needs of others. I actually had somebody call me a while back, and they've actually apologized for this already, but they sat and talked about their life for no joke about two hours. And I listened, I heard them, walked through it all. And when they finished, I started sharing a little bit going on in my own life. And I'd been talking for maybe two minutes. And this person interrupts me like mid-sentence and says, hey, I actually don't want to take up your time. Like I'm going to go. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was talking about something that was very important to me. Um, And it triggered me, you guys. It really impacted me. It really affected like my view of that person. And I knew I had to go to them and have a conversation and explain like, hey, this just felt confusing to me and I'm just trying to gain some clarity from you. Can you explain? And they were very apologetic and sincere and we navigated it. We worked through it. I apologized for some negative thoughts that I had after the conversation and for being unwilling to make the phone call for a while. And, and, It just happened. But that feeling where you feel like 
they're only calling you to vent and don't want to talk to you or if you're doing that to people, take some personal inventory, navigate it and say, am I loving my friends the way that I want to be loved? And one question I really love is, is the way that I make them feel when I step away from the room or from a conversation something that I would be proud of, but also is it something that I would want to feel when I left a room? Okay, lastly, pride in marriage. So how does pride seep its way into marriage aside from in every <laughs> every single thing? Um, my husband, you guys, Jesse, is the most humble human being. I almost said human freaking being because that is how much I mean it. He is so humble. He is such a servant and he teaches me every single day how selfish I am. <laughs> how selfish I am. No, but really, like I just see myself – through him, I guess. Like I am so convicted because his light shines so brightly and it's really helped me. So here are a few ways that I've seen pride in my own life, but also in other couples that we've talked to. So number one is a lack of communication. Um, A prideful heart can often make us close up. If you're somebody who gives the silent treatment, who stonewalls, who really just like keeps to themselves, I challenge you to communicate more to not allow the enemy to get in your head, to believe the lies, whether it's something like, I really could use more help around the house, but I'm not going to say it because if I say it, like he knows that he needs to do it. He should just know without me saying it. Or I'm not going to tell him how handsome he is because he hasn't told me how beautiful I am. These are the things that create small foxes. If you have taken the Wife Project course from roommates to soulmates, you know about these little foxes that are more likely to damage your marriage than anything big. That link is also in my show notes. That study has been walked through by thousands of women in nearly every country of the world, and it navigates what a godly wife looks like and a biblical marriage looks like in an eight-week course along with my workbook. But we talk about those little foxes and how they eat away at the relationship, and one of those things is a lack of healthy communication and a lack of willingness to praise or encourage your spouse, and this damages your relationship slowly over time. Second is difficulty in apologizing. We already talked about that. If you're never the first to apologize in your marriage, I would really, really challenge you to adjust. (laughs) Even if it's a joke in your home and like you and your husband are like, oh yeah, she never apologizes. You guys might think that is funny, but as time goes on, that can really, really deeply wear on a relationship. Three is a refusal to compromise. People who are stuck in their pride often refuse to make compromises, even on small things. This can be like where you go to eat, to where you travel, how you parent, um, how you clean the house. Like your spouse has different experiences. They have a different life story than you. They were raised differently. And for some reason, we come into a relationship wanting our spouse to look and live exactly like us. And that's just not reality. It's not healthy. And if we were married to ourselves, we would kill ourselves, right? A marriage does well because we're different and because we're unique and we bring different things to the relationship. So you need to balance those weaknesses and those strengths and work together to find common ground rather than always trying to make your own way work. Lastly is a lack of trust. You guys, this is a huge one and it's actually a topic of one of my new YouTube videos, which I have not yet launched. Pray for me to find the courage to just do it because I have been postponing (laughs) and chickening out. So I would love if you'd pray for me. But 
a lack of trust is probably one of the biggest causes of a ruined or divorced marriage because when we are prideful, we believe that we're right. And so no matter what our spouse tells us until they're blue in the face that they haven't done something we think they did or, you know, obviously we want to be discerning and aware and have open communication, open phone policies, all of those things. But if we're constantly feeling as if they can't do right or if they're feeling as if they can't do right, it's going to build a lack of trust between the two of you because you're not thinking the best of one another. And when you have these expectations for your spouse because you think that you're the almighty or you think you're the best or better than your spouse, those expectations become extremely unhealthy. And then they no longer find a safe place in you. And your spouse should come home, husband or wife, should come home feeling like their home and their spouse are their safe place. They are that haven from the world when the world is messy and hard, which it always is. They should be that to you. So if you're not providing that to your spouse, even if they're not providing it to you, I challenge you and encourage you to do the work on your own to repent of that pride, whether you're struggling with this in your marriage, your friendships, family relationships, just be self-aware. We are all prideful in some capacity. So ask God to reveal to you the areas that you are prideful. Read scripture and do some digging. Get into God's word. Allow him into your heart. Pray, journal, and ask him to reveal the areas you've been prideful and ask him for forgiveness and go to the people that you've wronged or even if they don't even know that you feel like you've wronged them, show them, hey, this is something I did like a year ago or a few weeks ago and I hate that I did it. Like it was not honoring to God. It was not loving to you. I apologize. Do you forgive me? You know, and just the humility that that shows you guys is so massive and it reflects the humility of Jesus. So that's pretty much it. I mean, I it's it's a heavy topic, but it really comes down to all of these seven deadly sins. They come down to an acknowledgement of who Jesus is and comparing our lives to that of Christ. Because if we claim to live in him, as First John says, we must walk as Jesus did. So how are we walking? Are we walking faithfully or are we living by the standards of the world and allowing our lives to be lukewarm? Because remember, even the demons believed in God and shuddered. They were afraid of him. To believe is not enough. They're demons in the pits of hell. To believe is not enough. It is to walk faithfully. He spits the lukewarm out of his mouth. How faithfully and intentionally are you walking with Jesus? Are you in his word? Do you know him? Are you in fellowship with his people? Are you repentant and not only asking for forgiveness, but truly changing the path of your life? If not, God loves you and he sees you and he died on the cross for your sins and your struggles and he raised from the dead three days later to overcome that sin and to free you and wash you white as snow. And remember in 2 Corinthians it says, in Christ you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You don't have to be the same person that you were yesterday or a year ago or five years ago because God's grace is complete and it's greater than your sin. So I love you guys. I'm so thankful to have you. Thanks for walking through this series with me. I'm so excited for what's to come on the podcast and on YouTube once I eventually get there. I will definitely notify y'all. Um, but don't forget about the coaching. If you want to learn anything about online business or creation or traveling or just what it means to make passive income from home, I am so excited to teach you and to share with you everything that I've done. So click the link in my show notes and I will chat with you guys soon. I love you.